Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Hardwood Nation podcast with your boy C.L. Anthony. And this week, our special guest, Michael Franz. What's going on, Mike? What's going on, my man? How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. My brother from another mother. So, facts. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to get it popping this week. But before I start, I just want to say my back was killing me this morning. And my wife, the MVP, because she gave me a BioFreeze rub down. So, <laughs> hey, shout out BioFreeze. They yeah, need, man. They need, to, they need to sponsor you like Shaq. <laughs> right, right, right. We, we, we'll take all the sponsors at this point. Right. <laughs> I'm with it. Mike, we've known each other for a, a few years now. And I, I respect mm-hmm. the love that you have for LeBron James. And I know you respect the hate that I have for LeBron James, and this season, especially the second half of the season, has been nothing but talk about LeBron James, the Lakers, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis. <laughs> now that the yeah. Lakers, now that the Lakers have been officially eliminated from the play-in tournament, how do you feel about the ramifications going forward with this team right now? Uh, I'm, it's it's not pretty. It's it's not pretty. Um, the narratives that are coming out, we got rumors like Russell Westbrook going to Charlotte, a possible buyout, uh, letting Frank Vogel go. Um, I mean, we know that when it comes to to situations like this, of course, LeBron's going to take the reins and say, break the whole thing up. Or last time he was in a situation like this, from my, from my perspective, he just walked away. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So... Is I don't know. This is going to be a very, very interesting off season for me to see what happens because right now it's so early in the game. The season's not even over. We still have one game left in the season, and all it is is pointing fingers at this point. Pointing fingers, pointing fingers. Everybody's pointing fingers, and we saw that over what the past two weeks, the whole DeRozan stuff came out. So right, right. It, it's like who's just going to sit down and say, "All right, this is." This is my fault that I'm going to take my position for. What do we need to do to move forward? You know, so it's kind of like that type of a relationship where you say, all right, you're talking to your wife. I'm sorry. I was, you know, I have my perspective on this, but I can see where I was wrong. How do we move forward? Right. That's how you get to grow. But unless they do that, they're not going to grow and go anywhere. It's just going to be all the same situation until whoever accepts their positions in the situation and moves forward, then at that point, we can talk. But right now, it's just, it's so, it's such a mess that I don't even, like, what, I ask myself, what is this? This is the drama of the Lakers. It's the storyline for the NBA this year. You know what I mean? Right. Was the Lakers being so bad. It's something that we haven't seen before because even though Kevin called it, so I will give him credit for that, on paper, Mm -hmm. This team was supposed to be so much better. And even the reasons why Kevin said it was going to fail, historically, teams that are older generally make the playoffs, generally make a deep run. Like the NBA champions usually are older teams every year. So I wasn't really buying that. Um, And I'm speaking of the role players like Carmelo Anthony, who, who scored but didn't have anything impactful going on. Dwight Howard, who seemed distracted for the majority of the NBA season. Anthony mm-hmm. Davis, who missed damn near half the season. Mm-hmm. You know, LeBron missed a couple of weeks here and there. Russell played for the duration of the season, but he was off a little bit this year. 
So on paper, it looked like this team could have made a deep playoff run. The parts didn't work. They didn't fit. And I have two issues with that. When you have players who may not fit, that's what you use preseason for. And a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of those guys didn't play in the preseason. And that's where the coach has to figure out how to make it work. I can make the argument that Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, people said those two wasn't going to work. But it took those guys to sit down and have a conversation where Wade relented and said, hey, we brought you here. You're the guy. You take the most shots. I'll fall back. Chris Bosh was never in that equation, but he had to make sacrifices too. So I don't understand how this Laker team couldn't figure out how to get Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis on the same page. Um, How do you feel about Frank Vogel not being able to get these guys to buy in to sacrifice? Uh, I mean, that throwing it back a couple couple of episodes ago, where I think we first started talking about the Lakers during their their downslide during like the midseason, right? Yeah. Um, I had I had two people that I blamed. It wasn't just Russell Westbrook, although on the floor when Russell Westbrook was on, when he was actually running the the, the game, it, it it wasn't pretty either way. His jump shots were hitting shot clocks. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> as an NBA player, that should not be happening. Right. right, right so right. the floor the floor moves I can blame on Russell, but the the mental aspect and preparation I completely blame on Frank Vogel. His his transition game and and moving his teams in and out was so bad. What was it? Yeah. Anthony Davis said we had more lineup changes mm-hmm. than we had wins. <laughs> Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> and it, it comes it comes down to where they had thirty like it was like thirty nine different lineup changes and thirty one yeah. wins. So he was one hundred percent correct, right? right? So I think that that's a problem with Frank Vogel. But also, I think it's ego problem when the players are in that position where it's like, hey, we can just step on the court and we can just run this whole thing. Well, guess what? Rude awakening. It's kind of almost like, and this is going to sound funny coming from me, but this is where the one year that I blame LeBron for the whole season is 2011. And it's almost like, it's almost like, it's almost like this is a repeat of that in a way. Like I can't fully put the blame on LeBron, but of course, when the team is surrounded by him, you gotta, you gotta then step up and be that leader. Right. And he, and that almost wasn't there. I mean, I see what he wanted to do where it's like, sometimes you're, your parents have to let you go out as a as a adolescent and make mistakes, right? So I think that that's where some of his extended injury time came from, where it was like a couple games here and there where it was like, okay, well, you should be okay. Come back and play. He's not. He's giving that time on the court for those guys to gel a little bit better. And I don't necessarily think that that worked too well. Like, you can't do that. you got to grab the reins at some point and say, yo, this is, this is how it's going to be ran. And they didn't have that all season. So if you if if we take 2011, where LeBron quit in the finals, yes, this is almost like the same type of a situation because nobody took control, nobody, you know. So I don't know. This is is kind of an interesting perspective coming from a LeBron fan like myself. I do put a lot of a lot of emphasis and responsibility on his shoulders because they call him Le GM. So <laughs> you know. Take those names, right? Take those names and those personifications 
and do something. We saw you go to the finals 10 straight years. Yeah. That's incredible, too, by the way. Or eight, eight, eight straight years. Eight straight years. Yeah. I'm sorry. That, that, that's incredible. Um, 2011 gives me nightmares, okay? <laughs> oh, I, I, and I bet it does, because that's when we're talking about not six, not seven, not eight, yeah. not, right? Yeah. That, that whole conversation. And that's what I, 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 I go to, where it's like, when I see this type of a, of a season, I hear that same thing over again. And it's like, oh, man, why? Like, why would you let this happen again? The um, the the rumors with Charlotte. I'm I'm just like, who who made this up? I I don't buy that one bit. Charlotte, it, it, as much as I love 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 Russell Westbrook and would never say anything bad about Russell Westbrook, Charlotte doesn't need to break up what they have going on to acquire a player like Russell Westbrook. Absolutely not. Nope. I've I've not been zinging I've been zinging Bryce and all my Orlando Magic fans. That's where I see Russell going. The Magic has some young talent that they need to offload because um, they can't pay everybody because they're cheap. Um, bring mm-hmm. West, They need a star. Westbrook has star power to his name. He needs a smaller team, kind of like OKC, where he was running rough shot and putting up all these great numbers. Orlando is the perfect fit for him, like absolutely perfect, to the point where his wife even said, if he goes to Orlando Magic, there'll be a playoff team. So. Hey, and, and you're right. It could happen. But right. my question then is this. Does he get traded and and Orlando pick up, what, that last $44 million contract year, right? Yeah. Or the other, the other rumor is the Lakers buy him out. Well, if the Lakers buy him out and then he walks, so of course you're going to get a deal on that. You're going to get less than the $44, 45000000 million that you owe him because you're striking a deal. But you've already set your, your team back financially for a whole other year. Right. No, so they, it's a it's it's a lose lose situation for the Lakers. Period for me. Well, they don't need to buy them out because that's definitely the uh, the lose lose situation. But they can because mm-hmm. even if they bring. So here's the thing with their Orlando Magic. They've been trying to build through the draft since the Dwight Howard situation, and they failed. Um, they've traded away Sabonis. Now, don't get me wrong. They traded him away on draft night. They didn't know what he was going to be, but that was a bad move. In hindsight, that was right. a bad move. You got rid of Victor Oladipo. Yeah, he's hurt now. I mean, he's playing, but, you know, he was hurt. But he did have a couple of decent years in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Alfred Payton, bad pick. Is he still around? Yeah, but he's been trashed for the majority of his NBA career. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon, they got sick of him, discarded him. Jonathan Isaac, that's the one you need to watch. He's hurt now. Yeah. But now you have to pay Mobamba in the offseason, who's actually been playing okay since Isaac has been done. Um, they have... Mo Wagner now, Jalen Suggs, um, Cole Anthony, uh, Markel Fultz just returned. They're not going to be able to pay all these youngins, and all these youngins are going to want a max deal. Ship two or three of them out to the Lakers that can match the $47 million that Westbrook is going to get. Isaac's going to be a part of that package. Fultz may be a part of that package. So the Lakers instantly have two young pieces. I'm just saying. The Lakers... (laughs) Here, here, here's the, the tough reality. They're not going to compete for a championship after this season. Like, this this is it. This, this is a wrap. This team isn't going to magically come together. And this is actually going right. to lead to my, uh, to my next topic where we're going to talk about the last two NBA finals and the four teams and where they are. But the Lakers are toast. So you have to rebuild now. And one thing we know about LeBron, 
he's not going to be around for a rebuild. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like I, I have no idea. But I think I think Orlando will at least give them some breathing room because all the young talent that the Lakers got rid of to acquire Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, you can start getting some of that back. You're not going to get the draft mm-hmm. picks right now, but you can at least get some of the young talent back that you traded away. Um, right. So, so with that said, we're going we're gonna to segue into the last two finals, and I'm going to name four teams, of course, that was in those finals. So Phoenix and Milwaukee. Did you think that Phoenix would be the number one seed in the West right now, and did you think Milwaukee would be number two as a defending NBA champion? Um. I mean, am I surprised? No, because the Suns are a very well put together team. Do I still think they're going to win a championship? No, no. I, uh, I, I see, because I've always had a problem with Phoenix teams, Arizona teams. Period. Whether it's the Cardinals, whether it's the Diamondbacks, whether it's the Suns, right? They can get things done in the regular season, and then when it comes time for crunch time, they never deliver. Right, so we were lucky to see Phoenix go to the finals last year, because I mean the last time that happened was 1993, right? Even through the Nash years, right? Right. The Nash right. years, they were 62, 60, yeah, 60, 61, 62 wins, right? And they could never get it done. So I've always said I want to see it happen before I'm a true believer. And I think that you know when it comes down to that last series, that last seven games. I don't know, something switches. Now, could they get over that hump this year? They really could. But like I said, I got to see it to believe it because it's been such a uh, uh, a train ride as, as, a, as, a, as a person that lives here in Arizona for Phoenix Suns fans. Like, I hate being right when I say, I said last year to many people, they're not going to win the whole thing. Oh, yeah, they're going to win. They're great. They're great. And look what happens. Set up yeah. for failure. So I want to see it happen before. I think they have great role players. Do they have the people in place to do it? They absolutely do. Shout out CP3 because, to me, he's the one that gels it all together. Without him, they weren't even 19 wins in the season. Right, right. right. So I think that that's huge that, you know, him being back for the playoffs and him being, um, you know, in in the position he's in and his leadership, I think that, yeah, it could happen. But I want to see it happen first. And then Milwaukee, they started the season kind of slow. They had injuries, kind of had fat cat syndrome, but they turned it on the second half of the season. Um, How surprised are you that the Bucs are number two in the East right now? Um, I'm I'm not fully surprised. I mean, yeah, they started off, like you said, they started off slow, but I mean, they ended up 51 wins. They're only, they're what, two games back of Miami? Right. You know, and I was was thinking of this, I was thinking of, of, who does Miami remind me of? Um, Miami reminds me of the 2004 Pistons with more all-star selections on their team, mm-hmm. right? So I kind of see, like, without one of one or two of those players, I don't think Miami goes all the way. But if they all gel together, like, I know where you're going with the next, with the next set of, of teams, I think that they could go right back if, if that's the case. But they have to be working together. Just like I was saying with the the 04 Pistons, you take any one of those any one of those players off that 04 Pistons team, they don't do anything. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a great team. That team gave me fits. Um, mm-hmm. So the the next set, of course, is the Lakers and the Heat. How surprised are you 
considering I, I, I'm not going to say the bubble championship was an asterisk. I don't do that. The Lakers won it. They deserved it. But we know the Heat were, were wounded. Mm. How how shocked are you that the Heat have seemingly righted the ship and then the Lakers went in the complete opposite direction? Because last year, both teams, with the quick turnaround, both teams were eliminated in the first round. So same same outcome. But now this year, the mm. Heat righted the ship. Lakers went the other way. How surprised are you that that happened? Because I'm one of the guys that picked the Lakers to be in the finals this year. <laughs> well, and, and me too. I picked one. I picked them to win the whole thing with that team on paper, right? Yeah. But yeah. I don't. I, I I think that you know it's it's kind of like again with that comparison. <clears throat> the 04 Pistons not only won a championship, but prior to that and after that, they were a 60 win team. Mm-hmm. They were they they actually went to the finals the following year against the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. So when you keep that, and this is this, I think this would go for for any any franchise. When you keep a nucleus that has been successful, you'll get repeat success after that. It's just a matter of of does it go to the next level or not, or does it just match what that was? So to me, if if they match where they go to the finals. Great. It's it's not necessarily a big surprise because they've already done it. If they win, then they, of course they've grown, they've leveled up, they've done what they've needed to do, and they brought home the championship. So we'll see if if that growth means even more, and we'll see if that spat on the sideline. I mean, I don't know what that was. I think that might that might have just been a one off situation between Udonis Haslam and and Jimmy Butler. But one thing that you don't do is you don't go against somebody who has. The the XP, what I refer to as like the, the 2K XP, right? When you, when you grow it as a player in 2K, you get that experience points. That's Udonis <laughs> Haslam. You know what I'm saying? That's Udonis Haslam. you got to listen to Udonis every now and then. So, Jimmy, get out your ways a little bit. But I think that Miami could make a, a serious run back, and that wouldn't surprise me. They've already done it with this team. Look, this, <laughs> like, like Wade said, that was just a Tuesday at practice. No, they're fine. And and, and, yeah. and they were, and, and he, here's why I say they're fine, because that was in the middle of a four game losing streak. They just responded with a six game winning streak, which is their high exactly high for the season. So hopefully tonight we can push it to seven. But I know we're going to play all the role players, so that's fine. The the interesting thing about Phoenix, Milwaukee, and Miami is they have some of the best home records in the league, and I think that's going to be crucial as they make this deep playoff run. I, I said at the beginning of the season, at the end, I don't know what the seedings are going to be, but Miami and Milwaukee are going to be there at the end. We're going to have the, the rubber match. We're going to have it. We beat them. They beat mm-hmm. us. Now we're going to see who's the best team. I believe Phoenix out West is going to be tough because Memphis, and this is coming from an old Charles Barkley Phoenix Suns fan. You know, I left when Charles left. Memphis <laughs> scares me. I no one mm-hmm. saw this happening. No one saw this happening. But Phoenix is 38-2 and two at home. So they have home court throughout the entire the entirety of the playoffs, as long as they don't fuck up. Right. Memphis, Memphis is 30-10 and 10 at home. That's baffling to me. Golden State mm-hmm. is 31-10. and 10. Miami is 29-12, and 12, and Milwaukee is 27-14. So pretty good home records from your top teams on, on both sides. Um, the thing I like about this Heat team is that they're a better team than what they were in the bubble. We have a couple of more pieces. We're healthy at this point where we wasn't healthy last year in the bubble run. 
Um, Phoenix, I think the difference between Phoenix and the Nash team and even the Charles team is that this team plays defense. Those teams couldn't spell defense. Now, right. they forgot how to play defense last year <laughs> in the finals. <laughs> they, they just forgot all of a sudden, you know, Giannis carved them up. But yep. this, team, this team does know how to play defense. So that gives them a huge advantage. But they do need to be leery of Memphis. I don't remember what the head-to-head matchups were with, with Memphis this year at Phoenix. They really need to be – because Memphis doesn't know how good they are, and that's the scary part. They're young, and they don't know how good they're supposed to be. Phoenix knows how good they are. Memphis has no well, idea. It, was it Memphis is like 20, 22 and 8 without John yeah. Morant, something yeah. like that? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> it is absolutely incredible. Um, they lead the, I think they lead the league in rebounding blocks and steals. Like these are babies out here. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. And, and shout out Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson yes. is actually to me, my low key DPOY. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, yeah. I think he really needs to be in that conversation hands yeah. down. Yeah. Um, he's really, he's really taking charge on that front court side. John Moran, of course, when he's on the floor, he's spectacular. But yeah, your your role players have been playing so great this year that it's going to be scary how far they can go. But they don't have they don't have that XP that I mentioned to tell me that they're going to go that far. You know, right? I mean, right. When you're talking about being able to play Phoenix at home, Phoenix is 32 and eight at home, 32 and nine away. So they're the same either way. It doesn't necessarily mean you know, one one difference to another. Memphis is fairly close, but there's a four-win difference between, you know. So it's like they're better at home than they are on the road. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do if they, you know, hike up their britches and actually play in Phoenix. We'll see if they can actually, you know, put, put Phoenix down. But we'll see. I mean, shout out Mikhail Bridges for his 3 and D style because that is, to me, a catalyst on the defensive side. I wish I had him. I mean, he, look, he's, he's a, a younger, longer PJ. I, I wish I had him. Um, look, do I do I feel like he's worth the ninety-four million? No. I mean, it's in, 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 right. That's a that's a large number for me to say. Yeah, yeah give that to Mikael Bridges. I'm good. That's perfectly fine because I'm used to those contracts where it's ninety-four million goes to a possible superstar, right? Right. But right. we're throwing they're throwing away money like it's monopoly money at this point. So. In today's NBA, is he worth $94 million? Possibly, comparatively. But that's a lot of damn money to give to somebody when you could have done something with DeAndre Ayton. That's going to be what happens after this season is what are they going to do with DeAndre Ayton? Right, right. Yeah, do, do they pay him? Do they not pay him? Because um, he's going to be, I believe, a restricted free agent. So it comes down to if they can um, match him or not. Because somebody may actually pay him. I think this might be like, okay, y'all can have him. All right. And who wouldn't pay him right now? He's a double-double machine. He is. Um, Hey, New York, pick up the phone. (laughs) Pick up the phone. (laughs) Exactly. Pick up the phone, New York. Hey, real quick, New York has a young kid. Um, They might not pick up the phone. He's he's a big kid, Jericho Sims. Keep your eye Mm -hmm. on him because when Randall went down, this kid came in, and he's been playing. He's a rookie. And he's been playing great basketball for a rookie. He's like 6'10", 260. He's, a, he's, he's big like Aiden. Uh, he doesn't have this, the, the offensive skills that Aiden has, though. Um, but he, he's big, but he's faster than Aiden, too. So watch that kid. Um, <clears throat> so now we're going to talk about the play-in. 
We're going to start with the West. Surprisingly, without Zion, the New Orleans Pelicans have the ninth spot. San Antonio has the 10th spot. Then you have Minnesota. Kudos to them for the seventh spot currently. And then the Los Angeles Clippers with Paul George just returning has the uh, eighth spot. Of the four play-in teams, which one do you think is the most dangerous right now? Uh, I mean, just on, on paper, I mean, you, you got to say the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it, for me, both both sides, outside of outside – of, I think the East is going to be more interesting than the West, but I, I don't know. I mean, for right now, I mean, as far as all four teams, the way that they've been playing all year, I'm, I'm impressed by the Pelicans making it. I'm impressed even more by the Timberwolves being a number seven. Yes. Um, yeah. But – I mean, that, to me, to me, it could be a toss-up. I mean, Cat's playing great. I think low-key uh, D'Angelo Russell has been been playing phenomenal, um, and a lot of people haven't been talking about what he's been doing this season. So, um, I think as a team, Minnesota is 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 uh, they're starting to show out what they really need to be, and they're showing that they're moving up the ladder. I mean, they weren't even in the top ten last year, so right, right. We'll see. With, I mean, it's a toss-up for the the West. Like I said, on paper, the Clippers should come out, but I'm not going to be surprised if it's uh, if it's Minnesota. That would be kind of an upset. Um, mm-hmm. For giggles, for, for for giggles, and we're we're going to go into this next week. I would like to see because the Clippers have to win that one game, but then they would take on Memphis. That would be a great right. test for Memphis to have to play Clippers in the first round. <laughs> it absolutely would. It absolutely <laughs> 100%. I agree. That 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 would be a great test, and, and, and you know it's kind of me looking at Miami and wanting the best path I can get to winning my fourth championship, and I kind of want Phoenix and Memphis out <laughs> the way so we can have home court throughout. So that, those are my goals right now. So yeah, you know if Phoenix slips up, you know Memphis slips up, I'll be happy with that. Um, out, there you go. <laughs> we, <laughs> out east we have ten Charlotte, nine Atlanta. Oh, by the way, the West is set in stone. Those are set in stone. The only thing in the East that's not set in stone is the home court. Who has home court? So Charlotte, Charlotte, Atlanta's going to host that game as of today. And then Brooklyn is going to host Cleveland as of today. But all that can change tonight. Um, of course, I want to see Atlanta and Trey Young go up against LaMelo, my little cousin in Charlotte. And then I need Brooklyn to beat Cleveland. I'm not afraid of Brooklyn, but I would just rather Milwaukee and Brooklyn play each other in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let one of those big guys take take the you know take the other one out. When you got right. two of those 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 stat sheet stuffing teams, yeah, get one of the get one of those guys out. <laughs> right, right, right. You know that, that's why I'm smiling so big because the basketball guys <laughs> talk to me. They they already let me know what's gonna happen, but I I just gotta wait for it to happen. But um, we know Brooklyn is going to be the biggest threat out of the uh, out of the East in the play, and we know that Cleveland's hurt. Um, Charlotte and Atlanta can't even spell defense; they can score, but they can't play any defense at all. Um, right. Coming out of the East, here's the question: Do you think Brooklyn can upset? Because it looks like all they have to do is win one game, and they'll play Milwaukee. Do you think Brooklyn can upset Milwaukee in the first round? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to depend at that point on what happens with KD, what he's going to do. So, I mean, you got to think a year ago, they came 
a toenail, a toe, a KD toe, which, I mean, wait, we've seen that, we've seen the picture where his, he's got the Air Force One on and it's like, you know, three feet long, right? right. He came one, he came one toe, one toe away from, you know, progressing last year and putting Milwaukee out. But, you know, that's, that's the storyline. It's the storyline of the toe. But if that doesn't happen, we're talking a whole different outcome of last year's NBA Finals probably. So, you know, in that sense, does can Brooklyn put Milwaukee out? Absolutely. And plus, they've got Kyrie, who is playing great, and now he can play at home. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, if they, they – the seven-game series, that's difficult to, to, to say. And, <clears throat> I mean, outside of Cleveland being hurt, that's what was going to be the interesting side for me was the storyline with Cleveland because Cleveland, they have a they have a really, really, really good team on. <laughs> and I think that they could have possibly put Brooklyn out with the way that they've been playing. Um, but it's kind of all set up, like, where mm-hmm. we can see the storyline happening with, you know, the situation with Kyrie. And then now Cleveland being hurt at this point, it's like it's it's called, it's kind of almost like it's destined for, for Brooklyn to continue to move on and actually have a very successful year. Yeah. The, uh, the bottom of the Eastern Conference makes me smile because – if let's say whoever wins between Brooklyn and Milwaukee, if Brooklyn gets there, would then have to go against the winner of Chicago and Boston, which is going to be another dog fight. <laughs> like... mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. <laughs> Boston is playing phenomenal right now. If you ask they me. are. They are. They really are. So uh, I, I don't know if Lonzo's going to be able to come back. At, in the first round, like if the Bulls were to move on, he might might have been able to come back in the second round. Um, but I'm really excited to see the matchup between DeMar DeRozan and Jason Tatum. That's Who would have ever thought that? Because you would have thought Zach Levine and Jason Tatum. But I want to see DeMar DeRozan school Jason Tatum. <laughs> I need that. Yeah, I, I, would, I would love it too. My only problem with that is the fact that the Bulls can't beat anybody in the top three spots. They right. were like, at one point, they were 0-16. <laughs> And we're sitting here looking at Boston being number three. Yeah. Like, come on, Chicago. Are you guys really going to take this narrative on this whole season where you guys are over against the top East teams and actually win? It was a huge turnaround for Boston. Boston and Milwaukee mm-hmm. really turned things around. Um, for like a brief second, I think Boston actually took the first spot in the East and Miami took it mm-hmm. back. Um, yeah, that was like two weeks ago. Toronto. And talk about talk about turnarounds we had a negative one with philadelphia so we did shout out to Harden. <laughs> yeah we did that, that, that's where i was going next so toronto mm. and philly because now you know we're now we're talking about playoff surprises do you think toronto who was in a play-in what three weeks ago now now mm. the fifth seed because cleveland dropped do you think toronto could give philly a run for their money no Oh wow! <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, taking these two teams, it, it. Well, look, I've been proven wrong. Of course, we're talk, talking about different situations, like the Lakers at the beginning of the season. On paper, that's a great team, and look what happened, right? Mm-hmm. So, matchup wise, should Toronto? No, they shouldn't be able to push Philadelphia at all. Um, but would I be surprised if it happens? No, because we've seen this happen through the whole season as far as these type of narratives. So yeah. I don't. I will say right now, I don't see it happening. I think that's a narrative that stays the same, and I think that uh, Philadelphia should be able to walk away with that. But 
I mean, we'll see anything. This is why this is why they have the playoffs. Anything can happen. But um, yeah, to me, on on paper, Philadelphia should be able to take that easy. I think out west, one playoff surprise, and I mentioned this to Bryce last week, and it's still locked in, is Denver and Golden State. I can't pick mm-hmm. a clear cut winner with that. I, I just I cannot. I think Denver might be able to take out Golden State. What do you, how do you feel about this? I do. I do too. But it's going to rest on you know Nikola Jokic his shoulders. Um, without him, Denver is a horrible, horrible team. So that's why, overall, to me, my MVP is Jokic mm-hmm. because of the effect that he has on the floor. Right when he's when he's on the floor, they win. They play very well. When he's off the floor, they're one of the worst teams in the West. So it's gonna it's gonna rest on his shoulders to see you know how how does how does Golden State play to that point and do what they do to contain Jokic and just maybe let the rest of the team run. I have this thing with with the way that I I kind of uh, I, I I see things when it comes to defense and how how defense is played. Um, and again, I'm going to throw it back to the 04 Pistons, right? The 04 Pistons were Shaq, Kobe, do your thing. We're going to stop the rest of the team, right? Mm-hmm. So I, and I don't think I don't think a lot of teams have thought from that point to adopt that type of mindset because if you if you take out Nikola Jokic, even though he's on the floor, if you make him a non-factor, the rest of the team falls, right? It's the Jeng, it's the like to me like a, a Jenga effect, so. You take out certain or, or allow certain players to do certain things and just yeah. worry about the rest of the team, or you lock that one or two people down and let you know the rest prove make them make the rest of the team prove that they can do it. Now, yeah. when you talk about a, a deep team, Golden State is pretty deep. So even if you were to be able to stop Steph Curry, you still have other players that are on that team that are going to get it done. Yeah. Jordan Poole has been great this year. Yeah, oh, he has. You He's know. the reason I lost fantasy. By the way, I lost fantasy. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> My reign of terror is over. This is over. Uh, <laughs> Somebody finally took you out. Oh, they took man. me out. Yeah, I'm playing, dude. I got taken taken out in the first first round, first round. Uh, so Bryce and his friend John is actually in the finals, and actually Bryce is uh Bryce is losing right now. Bryce has been the number one team all year, so I think John's gonna win it. Um, when it comes down to tonight, it, it's funny that you brought that up about how to guard Jokic because I had a couple of high school friends last week. They saw me and they're like, man, what are you going to do with Brooklyn? I said, we're going to let Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant eat. They can eat all they want. And we'll shut everybody else down. And they're like, you're going to let those guys score that many points. Yep. Watch to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Two people aren't going to score a hundred points. <laughs> right. Look, they might get 80, but. If, hey, if that's the case, all they have, all they, all the Heat have to do is get eighty-one, right? You know. So, but I told him it, it, it is an old school mentality, like you said, that that teams don't. I, I'm not gonna say they don't game plan for it anymore, but what you don't want to do is double team Kyrie or Kevin Durant. You absolutely do not want to do that. Um, and same thing with Jokic. With, with Jokic, you kind of can double team him. But when you have two guys like Kyrie and Kevin, you definitely don't want to double team those guys. You you just have to take it. You have to bend over and right. take it and shut all the no names they got. Look, Patty Mills, he's hot and cold. Blake Griffin's not mm-hmm. even playing. The little kid, Bruce Brown, he, he can't even shoot. Right. <laughs> the Claxton right. kid. All his shots are at the rim, you know. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think on paper Brooklyn looks like a tough team, but I don't think these teams are really too worried about Brooklyn, um, especially like you said with deep teams. Milwaukee's deep as fuck. Um, Milwaukee can throw multiple bigs at Kevin Durant to try to slow him down a little bit. So even if Brooklyn was to beat Milwaukee, I don't think they beat Boston. So and, and it's possible. It, it's yeah. it's definitely something I agree with you 100% on because you got to have depth on your team. And mm-hmm. I think that's what this whole portion of the segment talks about. And I think that's the underlying detail is build your team. And that's the problem if we're going to if I'm going to throw it back to the beginning of the conversation. The Lakers were never deep at all. They were one to two players deep and those two players were even hurt. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Can't can't win when one of your two guys misses half the season. He dresses nice on the sideline, though. I give him that street clothes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he dresses nice. I give him that. Um. So he spent a lot of time a lot of time on that sideline. <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up with this because there was talk. And I, I should have mentioned it earlier. Forgive me. There there was talk that Anthony Davis doesn't take care of his body in the off season. I I will say I know he got married this past off season. Um. I don't think basketball is first and maybe I shouldn't say that because family should always be first, but I believe Anthony Davis was quoted as saying, I've already won a championship. There's nothing else for me to do. Mm-hmm. I think that was a little premature at his age because he's still fairly young. He's 29, 30. He could still have four to five impactful years in this league. Are you concerned that he just doesn't give a shit anymore about what happens on the court? Well, it's funny because I actually said that he doesn't um, mm-hmm. uh, in multiple conversations that I've had. He showed, and I, I, I believe that it, it had to come down to something along the lines of where I felt that the situation with Russell Westbrook was affecting it. Because when those two were on the floor, I mean, when, when, LeBron, and, when LeBron and AD are on the floor, LeBron makes sure that the team is centered around AD, right? But when Russell's on the floor, it's always Russell, 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 Russell first, right? We've always seen that. So um, even back to a point to where, and I was gonna, I was gonna mention this when we're talking about Russell's triple doubles. There was at one point that when he was in Oklahoma City, I was reading this article a few years back when he was on his tear. He would get his first ten assists in the first seven minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. To me, that means a lot because that's like, okay, for seven minutes, I'm a team player. Let me get my 10 assists, and then I'm going to take 40 shots throughout the whole game, right? <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that with Anthony Davis, right? You can't do that with him on your team. You've got to be able to utilize him. As it's always been said, the team is it's, it's supposed to be given to Anthony Davis when LeBron leaves, right? right? So there's a lot that goes on with Anthony Davis. He's supposed to be the center. And because I didn't see that situation when it came to Russell and him, that chemistry – I feel like that it started with that, where it was like, oh, you know what? <clears throat> this is going to be what it is. I'm not necessarily convinced, even though these reports are coming out, where it's LeBron and AD were, you know, vouching for Russell Westbrook. I don't necessarily feel that AD probably was feeling that way this whole time, because it's been evident from my perspective since game one that they just didn't vibe on the floor, period, together. So do I feel like this was a throwaway season for Anthony Davis and he didn't care? Absolutely. which is why outside of the injuries, I'm cool with them trading Anthony Davis if they want to get rid, if they want to do that, if they want to move forward from that. 
he's injury prone and you we've already seen pro- a possible prima donna come out of him this year so it, but that also could mean maybe mm-hmm. basketball is second because he's got other bigger things in life that he wants to do now he 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 met a challenge he's conquered it they got the they got the w they got the ring and if that's all he's concerned for cool then we're just going to start seeing you decline as one of the best big men that we could possibly see in the nba right now you're the the number one power forward center that in my in my book he's better than cat he's better oh, than yeah. any of these guys on a on a he's he could be better than Jokic on any of these given days one on one he is probably better than all these guys but if you want to put that to the side and not utilize that talent, then that's up to you. But stop wasting people's time if that's the case, you know? Do they trade both Westbrook and Davis? I don't think they do. I think they're too invested in Anthony Davis right now. What he had is like a $156 million deal, I think. It was like yeah. three, four years, something like that. So they're yeah. heavily, heavily, heavily invested in him right now. Someone would have to take that contract on with the injuries, and I don't think you get a lot in return. Um, I do see Russell Westbrook being gone 100, um, percent but I wouldn't even be, you know, I wouldn't even be upset if if the Lakers decided to trade LeBron. If they traded him LeBron, trade him. You guys are such, you guys are such in a in a bad position financially <laughs> and team wise that we're talking about from building. Like you, the team is set back for multiple years. Yes. Do something that's gonna that's gonna be ground shaking for the Lakers and get your Lakers fans, the serious Laker fans. Like, this is shout out to those guys because I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm a LeBron fan. I'm a Pistons fan when it comes to my team. But for Lakers fans, they don't deserve to go through this. They've been through, and and it's hard for me to say because even as a Pistons fan, I feel like LA owes us a championship from 1988. <laughs> I also have uh, just a, a beef with those guys, period. But that's just all in camaraderie. I still believe that fandom deserves support, and I think that the Lakers did. The Lakers fans did not deserve what happened this year. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm shocked that you said straight LeBron. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're still getting over that. <laughs> I'm still on that. I... Um, hey. Hey, <laughs> what can I, I say? Am... I I can be I can be a realist from time to time. I mean, I know that <laughs> I joke around about LeBron. I I have good conversation about LeBron. He's still my goat. Period. But I have to be real at some point and think from a business side. Like I said, I'm owning my own. I'm I'm opening and running my own business. So I think about things from a business perspective. Right. And it's right. like holy shit. Like, what would They're I do fucked. in these roles? They're fucked. Like they don't even have a first round mm-hmm. draft pick. I think the twenty twenty five or twenty twenty seven. They're like they're absolutely fucked. Um, exactly. <laughs> and there's a lot of there's a lot of players coming out. Like when uh oh what's his name from U of A when he comes out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I God I forgot the kid's name, but he's out there showing out. But there's a lot of talent in in, in college right now. One and done years, possibly, but there's a couple yeah. that are going to be here for a few years within within their their roles and their and their their schools. But I think that there's a lot of talent that the Lakers are going to miss out on over the next couple of years. Is THT a bust? Because every time I watch them play, I'm just like, why do they mm-hmm. top, uh, covet this kid so much? I'm like, I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see it. I I don't either. I I never did. I thought he had a couple of good 
games when he first hit the floor. But you know what? Then I say, so did Jeremy Lin. <laughs> Where's, where, what, what happened with him? Where he's at? Where's right. he at? Anybody right. can have, what do they say, any given Sunday? You know, yeah. on any given night, anybody can, you know, they, they can have a, a great game any, any given night. So what is it? Uh, Detroit's uh, Bay had 50 in one night. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Do mm-hmm. I, did I ever see that happen? No. no. Yeah. But will I ever see it again? Possibly not. Did THG have a good couple of weeks coming out back in, what, 2020 when they were on their run uh, through the, the bubble? Yeah, he played very well in that role. But they also had a great team as far as depth goes. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say this when you're talking about draft day uh, draft day trades, when you were talking about uh, oh, well, we were talking about the Magic. and Yeah, it's a bonus. Uh, a draft day. It's a bonus, right? Yeah. Phoenix made one of the worst ones that I could have ever seen, and that was when they sold Rajon Rondo for like 300k. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't back remember in 2009. that. So they yeah, draft- and at, they drafted Rajon Rondo and sold him at the draft because they were in such a bad position, and that was with all the picks that they had given up, the moves that they had made. That was in their transition out of the Nash years into yeah, what yeah. brought them into now. But yeah. look at that span, and that's what I'm saying. Lakers, if you guys want to see what you just did with your team, look at what happened with Phoenix back in 08 and so on. Wow. It'll be good in 10 years, but that's 10 years from now. <laughs> look, they'll be looking like these, these Magic fans that I got to hear bitch and moan every day. It's just like, <laughs> dudes. I, I, just, I feel bad for Cortez if Russell Westbrook goes to Orlando. Look. look. <laughs> Well, first of all, I'm going to get season tickets if Russell Westbrook goes to Orlando. I sent Cortez, Bryce, and every Magic fan I know a graphic of the Heat locking up the number one seed. And then I put underneath it, acknowledge me, because I'm a huge Roman Reigns fan. So I was like, all of you guys need need to acknowledge me. And Cortez was Mm -hmm. graceful in his acknowledgement. Um... Bryce said, you ain't shit. That was the quote from Bryce. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you ain't oh, shit. <laughs> but Cortez was graceful in acknowledging me that my team is the number one team in the East. So <laughs> we're going to wrap it up. Mike, tell the people where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Michael Franz. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-F-R-A-N-Z-0726. Uh, I am on Twitter at, at McCartney0726. And, I mean, those are my main two platforms right now, so that's where you can find me. Yeah, you, you, you can find us anywhere you can find Hardwood. Just type in the Hardwood Nation and we'll pop up. <laughs> or as Kevin can say, something will pop up when you type in Hardwood. So. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys have a 